From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. The Juno City and Borough Assembly of the Whole met Monday night. They began the evening with public comments before voting on a resolution adopting tourism policy objectives provided by the Visitor Industry Task Force Final Report, offering direction on tourism and cruise ship numbers, which was set at a limit of five. Juno City and Borough City Manager Rory Watt presented the resolution with a statement of the recommendation provided. Even without adopting the specific recommendations from the VITF final report, the management of cruise ship tourism in the community would benefit from the assembly adopting the five overarching policy objectives in this resolution. Public comments were taken by Juno residents with a majority expressing opposition and concerns for the five cruise ship limit. Carla Hart presented some of her concerns. This evening, I'm going to share from the 2022 Port of Juneau application for grant funding to install shore power. I've taken excerpts. The economic benefits of tourism are offset by the congestion, noise, and pollution associated with so many visitors. Air quality impairment has been shown to affect workers, residents, and travelers. The Port of Juneau is surrounded by the neighborhoods of downtown Juneau, West Juneau, and Douglas, Seven of Juneau schools and one University of Alaska campus are within one and a half miles of the port, as is the federal office building and the state office building in City Hall. The port of Juneau is centrally located and any emissions generated in the port impacts nearby residents, students, travelers, office workers, cruise industry, longshore workers, and cruise ship workers. Juneau resident Elaine Troder then spoke. I urge you to heed the obvious. Our lovely, precious town is well over cruise ship capacity. Greed and poor planning should not overwhelm the common good. So, guys, thank you for all you're doing with the uh, by uh, evaluating the impacts of the cruise ship industry. And please take into account those of us who um, live here in Juneau. Thank you. Juno resident Susan Trader then addressed the assembly. CLAA's schedule shows six cruise ships in the harbor that day, carrying a combined passenger and crew total of 27,363. If the ships are running near capacity. Well, too bad for Juno that the 4th of July this year falls on a Tuesday. And too bad that our elected officials have delayed taking action decade after decade to proactively manage cruise ship tourism. Then Juno resident Bob James spoke out in support of the resolution. Yes, we do have issues. We do have congestion and we do have management uh, problems, but we can do it. We are doing it. Uh, and and the Forest Service is, is, is attempting to do it. So I believe that the recommendations of the committee, the tourism advisory committee are fair, they're solid, and they are, they are something we can deal with. And your management of tourism in Juneau uh, is, is much appreciated. And I think as you look at the advisory committee's recommendations, you hopefully will see that they do have some very uh, decent recommendations. At the end of the public comments, Assembly members offered their views, starting with Assembly Member Carol Treem. The language in here, the, even the word limit, makes me really uncomfortable because we spent the whole visitor industry task force process 
learning about the many different reasons why we cannot regulate uh, either the number of the ships or the number of passengers. We just simply don't have control over that and it's not constitutional and the Coast Guard gets to control what happens on the water. So I think that five is a good goal because we discussed through that process negotiating and I think it's an achievable number through negotiation. But when we put the word limit in there, I think it broadcasts to the public that we're able to choose any number that we want to and that we could pick four, that we could pick three or that we could pick anything. And I just, that's not the case. And I, so I, I don't love the way this is written and I'm not going to object to it because I think fundamentally it's overall good, but I, I don't like the way that we've framed this discussion in talking about a limit on the number of ships, because that's just something that's not within our control. Assemblywoman Maria Gladetsevsky then weighed in. So instead, we're we're going down the let's negotiate and get get the industry to agree. Um, so that's the reason I'm supporting these these recommendations. Not because I if I could do something else, I I would I would. So the resolution passed without objections. The Juneau School District has found two new directors who will begin working in July. KINY's News of the North reporter Jordan Lewis has more. The Juneau School District announced today that it has found two new directors. These director positions were for the Director of Teacher and Learning Support and Services. Superintendent Bridget Weiss talked more on each of the new directors. Yeah, we are super excited um, to have two uh, our two director positions filled. Uh, one of those positions, the Director of Teaching and Learning, uh, has been filled by a local candidate. So that is always exciting when we have someone who knows Juno, uh, embraces Juno, knows our district, and works their way through the system and becomes one of our district-level leaders. And so that's what happened with our Director of Teaching and Learning position. That local candidate is Christine Garome, who is currently working as the principal for Montessero Borealis Public School and previously worked at Juneau Douglas High School for nine years as an English teacher, among other positions within the district. The second new director came after a nationwide search. Uh, the other position, Director of Student Services, we are very happy to welcome uh, Jason DeCamelis to Juneau from Michigan. And he is a special educator with uh, lots of really good experience to bring to Juno and has some good knowledge and expertise in the area of leadership that will serve him well in this role that really provides uh, support for many of our programs. Dr. DeCamelis has prior experience working with students across disability categories and is currently working as a teacher consultant for students with visual impairments for the Washtenaw Intermediate School District in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Both of the directors will enter their new roles on July 1st of this year. Bus drivers in Alaska's second largest school district have gone on strike after delivering students to classes today, citing unfair labor practices. Their near-unanimous strike against Durham School Services comes after members received what Teamsters Local 959 describes in a statement as the company's last best final offer. The matanuska susit School District has about 19,000 students living in the area the size of West Virginia. Parents or guardians will now be responsible for transporting students to and from school and activities during the strike. Coming up on News of the North.
The EPA made a final determination regarding the proposed Pebble Mine project for Bristol Bay. Good news for diabetes in southeast Alaska. We're showing some of the lowest numbers in the state. Cynthia Gordon will talk about that. She was a guest on Action Line. The Biden administration's plan to end COVID public health emergency could have an impact on the ambitious student debt relief program. That story coming up as well on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. Environmental Protection Agency made a final determination regarding the proposed Pebble Mine project for Bristol Bay today. That decision was to prevent that project from moving after decades of discussion surrounding the project. Senator Lisa Murkowski reacts to the decision. EPA's final determination should mark the end of Pebble, which was already rejected by the agency in 2020 and does not have the access, permits, financing, public support, or disposal sites needed to proceed for good reason. As Senator Stevens once said, it's the wrong mine in the wrong place and does not deserve to move forward. While Murkowski was opposed to the mine, She feels that the EPA's veto of the project could set an unfavorable precedent. To be clear, I oppose Pebble. To be equally clear, I support responsible mining in Alaska, which is a national imperative. This determination must not serve as precedent to target any other project in our state and must be the only time EPA ever uses its veto authority under the Clean Water Act in Alaska. Cynthia Gordon was on Action Line. She is the Diabetes Education Program Manager for Bartlett Regional Hospital. She has been a nurse for 24 years and began her career as a nurse in Kodiak at the Kodiak Area Native Association. She says the Native Alaskans have the highest rate of new diagnosis of diabetes. What happens if we look at how diabetes progressed across the country. The first thing that happened is most people on the East Coast developed diabetes, and then it spread west, and then it spread north to Alaska. The Western diet, as it was introduced, led to their increase in diabetes. A Western diet that Native Alaskans aren't used to has led to the increase in diabetes. The Native Alaskans were big hunter-gatherers, and unfortunately, it seems like as the Western diet moves into new territories, people are more likely to get type 2 diabetes. She says it comes down to genetics combined with a diet change that has caused an uptick in Native Alaskans getting diabetes. For the Alaska Natives, their bodies were not as used to a higher carbohydrate diet, say, like the Europeans were. And so it's a new thing for them, and their bodies just haven't really had time to adjust, if you would say. For the general public as a whole, though, Caucasians still have the highest cases of diabetes due to multiple factors that contribute to type 2 diabetes, which is the leading contributor of diabetes with 90 to 95 percent of the cases in the country. We know a couple of things that we think um, helps diabetes, unfortunately, develop. That's things like uh, weight gain, lack of sleep, stress, whether it's psychological or physical stress, sleep apnea, and there's many, many causes, we think. The good news, Gordon says, is Southeast Alaska has the lowest number of diabetes. The CDC puts out maps of where uh, the highest concentrations of people with diabetes are, and I'm glad to say that Southeast Alaska is not one of the highest. It's actually one of the lowest rates in the state. So we figure in Juneau, about 3,000 plus people have diabetes here. 
Diabetes is growing each year, and Gordon says by 2050, one in three Americans could have it. Currently, about 96 million people in America have prediabetes, and 34 million have it. In 2000, the rate was not quite 7%, and now is 10.5%. Monitoring your blood sugar with blood lab tests and taking action when prediabetes is discovered is recommended, she says. Physicians and nurse practitioners and PAs and, and the medical community have started recognizing that when someone has prediabetes, that's the time to act because if you have a prediabetes, you can actually reverse that and stop diabetes from happening. And that's what we're all about. Prevention is a big deal for us at Bartlett. Gordon says measures like a proper diet and exercise combined with other health conscious measures, perhaps prescribed medicine as well, can prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes. One-on-one diabetes education is available at Bartlett Regional Hospital and free glucose screening programs are provided throughout the year as well. And you can access more information online at Bartlett Regional Hospital's website. The Biden administration's plan to end the COVID public health emergency could have an impact on the ambitious student debt relief program. ABC's Brian Clark explains. The Supreme Court will hear arguments next month over the Biden administration's plan to cancel student loan debt for as many as 40 million people. The administration's used the national emergency created by the COVID pandemic to justify the extraordinary measure. But with the White House announcing plans to end this emergency in May, it could give more heft to arguments from six Republican-led states challenging the proposal that the White House is trying to have it both ways. Brian Clark, ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.